Let's open up to the book of James, chapter 1, you know, Father's Day. In James chapter 1, we have, and this is kind of cool because it's go, it goes with our study um, regarding fathers. You know, we're just working our way through the book of James, and believe it or not, this section right here, it actually talks about fathers. Look what he says in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. He says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And so we're going to see in this section right here some of our Father's characteristics. And we're going to see, first of all, that He loves us. Secondly, that He gives good gifts. Third, that He's faithful. Fourth, that He gave us life. And then fifth, that as a Father, He gives us purpose. I read a story about a little girl who was following her father as he carefully stepped through a new garden. She stepped exactly where he stepped and said, Daddy... If you don't get mud on your feet, I won't get mud on mine. And that's what fathers do. You know, the kids are going to follow them. The kids are going to do what we do. And so for us as fathers, I will say this, it's important for us to try to see how our Heavenly Father is and then just try our best to emulate Him. Maybe you didn't have a role model growing up. Um, maybe you didn't have a good influence. It's so cool to know that some of the guys that didn't even have that are now, from what I've seen, some of the best fathers. Why? Because they've learned the Bible, they've learned about God, and they've learned what kind of father he is. And one thing we'll see about our father is that he loves us. He loves us. Look what it says here in verse 16 again. He says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Literally, in the Greek language, he says, stop being deceived. Uh, he says, stop being deceived. Now, the context here in the book of James is that you know, they're going through trials. They're going through difficult times. And so some would say, man, if God loves you why, you, why did that happen to you? Why did that happen to your family? If God loves you, why are you going through that trial? You know, and then later on in the book of James chapter 1, it even says uh, that, you know, some might say that God tempts us to sin. And so that's why James is talking about this. Don't be deceived. Um, God can't tempt you to sin. He can't be tempted, neither will he tempt anyone else. And so basically what we find in the world today, there's a lot of people who think that God is a bad dad. You know, that, that God is somehow not interested in my welfare, that God is somehow not good and, and what James is trying to say is, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. And so James brings something up interesting here. Um, he talks about the church, and he refers to them as, as beloved. Now, I will say this. So some of you guys, you might have a new international version of the Bible, which is cool. They're easier to understand. You have a New Living Translation. That's cool. You have, might, might have some other translation. Now, just to let you know real quick, as a side note, the NIV is a thought-for-thought thought translation. It's thought-for-thought. Thought. The New Living Translation is a paraphrase. It's a paraphrase. So they're kind of easier to understand from an English perspective, but the New King James is a word-for-word word translation. 
And the NIV and the NLT, they don't say beloved. It says dear brothers and sisters. Dear, they took the word love out. When in all reality, the Greek word is agape. You guys, how many of you heard the word before agape? What does agape mean? Love. God's love. And so what James says right here is you, I want to talk to you who are going through trials, you know, you're going through hard times. You need to know that your father loves you. My dearly beloved brethren. Therefore, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Now, what we find is that God loves us in such a way. In 1 John 3, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Hey, you know, that's, that's God's son. That's God's daughter right there. That's how much he loves us. You know, what we find is when it comes to the way God loves us with his agape love, it's, it's, it's very important that it sinks in. I, I was thinking about the song that they were just singing right here about our good, good father. And it says, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've also heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I am loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. You see, and, and I'm telling you guys that if you miss that one about the fact that you are loved, that in many ways it's like our identity. Like, who are you? I'm God's mijo. I'm God's little boy. My father loves me. When that sinks in, it's changing. It, it changes our life. And, and I think that a lot of times what happens is this one doesn't sink in and we look at circumstances and we look at things from the lenses of uh, some type of humanistic perspective and we, we just, we miss out on this. And I think when James, he's so brilliant, he's so wise, he's the pastor there of Jerusalem, first letter written in the Bible. This guy had camel knees, so he had this great relationship with God, and he knew how to write and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He just says, and as we're breaking this down, and as we're telling you about going through life and being persecuted and going through hard times, let me tell you something. God loves you. Your Father, He loves you. And that means that, you know, he's watching over you. It, that means that he's making decisions that are for your benefit. You know, like, for example, today, let's just say, you know, my kids say, hey, Dad, uh, where do you want to go eat? You know, I'm going to think of a restaurant that they like, right? Is, wouldn't you guys, dads, do that? No? Well, I mean, <laughs> some of these guys need to get saved right now. <laughs> but that's how I am. I mean, you know, I think you guys are too. You know, you're not going to go to this restaurant your kids don't like. You know, because for us as dads, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not really about the food as much as it is about one of the greatest experiences, just in case you kids didn't know this, one of the greatest experiences of my whole life is just eating with my family. Right, And so the love that our Father has, the love that sometimes we're able to emulate is a love that's real, is a love that needs to sink in, is a love that you need to accept. Especially some of you guys who are all messed up. Especially some of you guys who did not experience the love of a Father. 
mean, you have like, you're like, man, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Some of you guys do. Some of you guys had that father. He was there for you. He spent time with you. He took care of you. He carried you. But some, they have zero of that. And 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 it takes time to process, but my prayer is that you would know today, whoever you are, it doesn't matter how bad, it doesn't matter how far you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, the God of the universe loves you. And you got to let that sink in. Because once that begins to sink in, you know, you begin to change. He says right here, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Number one, God loves us. And then number two, that he gives good gifts. Look what it says in verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And and it's important for us to give God the glory. It's important for us to give God the glory. To give your Father the glory. You ever experienced anything good in life? How many of you guys have had good food? Homemade tortilla, salsa, your... You know, the, everything that's good, you know. I mean, you know, just good food. How about good music? Good music where you're bumping it, man. It's really loud. You know, my wife and I were listening to some old songs that my dad used to like yesterday. And we have a really good stereo system. It's important to li- in life to have a good stereo system. I'm telling you guys <laughs> that, man. It is. Why? Because isn't music a gift? Music is this good gift from who? God. Everything that's good. You got a good friend? That's from God. You got a good family? That's from God. You got anything that's good? What he says right here, listen, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. You know, God gives us what we need and God gives us sometimes even what we want. He's so good. We try to do that with our kids. We don't give them everything they want. We don't give them everything they ask for. You know, it's not just birthday gifts. It's everyday gifts. And we got to know that's who, who God is. He, he gives good gifts, good care, good air, good family to know and food to grow, music to move us, good weather sometimes. I tell you what, do you guys do this? Because if you don't, you should. When you go out and it's a nice day, do you thank God? Do you, you guys think if you don't, you need to repent right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious because for those of us who have traveled in Cambodia and different places and the weather is crazy and humid and hot, whatever, cold, we are so blessed with good weather. You know, yeah, I mean, good times, good times. That's from God. You know, I, I pray that we would know this, that God gives good gifts. Romans 8.28 says that, it works together for good. You know, sometimes you guys, you dads have to give them a little trancaso, a little discipline. It's good for them. These are all good things that God gives us. It's interesting even how he uses the word perfect. Notice again in verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Now, you, you might think they're synonymous, that good and perfect are the same, but probably what James is talking about here, if you keep it in context, is the word perfect, it was used earlier, 
about maturing us, about perfecting us. The things that are good for us are the things that God is using to do what? To make us Pharisees? No. To make us more like Jesus. You know, like I said before, you guys, because sometimes in the church, people, they never grow. You don't want to just grow old. You want to grow up. We want to mature. We want to love. We want the fruit of the Spirit. We want to grow. And so what God does is he brings things into our life that, that we need, that sometimes he blesses us even with things that we want, but it never gets in the way of the work that he's doing in us to make us more like him. And I don't know about you, but man, that's all I want in life. That's all I want. I don't want just what I want. I shouldn't want that. I want what God wants. I remember, and this is probably a silly illustration because you might think, well, man, you got to give your opinion. I remember when uh, we were uh, pregnant with our second child, people would ask me, hey, do you want a boy or a girl? And, and, I, and I, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I would always say, I want what God wants. I just, I really just want what God wants. And in my life, Everything that the Father allows to happen to me, everything that he gives to me, everything that maybe he takes away, it's all part of what he's trying to do. He's trying to make me more, he's trying to make me perfect in the sense that he's trying to make me more mature. Imagine, you dads, you got, you got you dads. How many times do you have to tell your kids no? How many times you're, you're not sure? Now be honest, you're not sure. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because they want this and I kind of want to give it to them, but I'm not really sure if they should have it because I don't know. And then they want to go there and I'm not really sure if they should go there because it might not be good for them and who knows, maybe it'll be bad for them and we're just trying our best to make good decisions. Think about this, your heavenly father has never made, ever made a bad decision in your life. That's who we have. That's who my father is. He loves me. And he gives good gifts. You know, when you think about the gifts that the Lord has given to us, you know, I don't know, there's, a, there's probably a million things. We're all different, but some of the things we know are the same. For example, he's given to us Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The one indescribable gift is Jesus. Think about that. Here, you know, I'm going to give you my son. Imagine that. Who would do that? God. You know, he's given us salvation. That's a gift. The Bible says the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is is eternal life. Here, you want a gift? Your heavenly Father will give you a gift. All you have to do is place your faith in Jesus Christ and you'll be free and forgiven. For me, I was addicted to drugs. For me, I cussed like a sailor. For me, I was lost. I was not interested in spiritual things. I had zero. None of this was for me. Until the day, the moment, the Lord came into my life and he gave me salvation. And then I was set free. Now, guess, check it out. I have a home in heaven. I have life not just then. I have life now because he gave me Jesus. He gave me salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's a gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, God gives good gifts. 
Another one is found in Luke 11. I was wondering if you could turn there to Luke 11. Look at Luke 11. Look what Jesus says in Luke 11, verse 9. So I say to you, and this is all a context of prayer, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For some people who ask, no, I'm just joking, everyone, see, that's why you have to have your Bibles. You have to make sure I read it right. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And so this is a beautiful section of prayer. Literally in the Greek, it's, it's called uh, the imperative tense. It's a continuous command. And so he says, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking, keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Knocking for what? Knocking for God to open up doors of opportunity so that you can serve him. Keep on knocking for open doors of opportunity so that you can serve him. Keep on seeking. Keep on seeking. Seeking what? Seeking God. Keep on seeking God. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29, I promise you this, God says, if you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. That's the promise of God. So Jesus says here, keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on asking. For what? A hummer. No, I'm just joking. Keep on asking. For what? What do you keep on asking for? This is what he says. He says in verse 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, hey, dad, can I have some salmon? Will he give a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, hey, papa, can I have some uh, scrambled eggs? Will he offer him a scorpion? Imagine that. How many of you guys would do that? None of us would do that, right? And so he says, if you then, being evil, when we're talking about comparing ourselves to God, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and some of you guys, you give great gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, you know, you talk to, I don't know if Bill Gates has any kids. You know, hey, talk to his, his kids. We'll just say he has kids. Does Bill Gates have kids? Oh, I don't know. Okay, maybe he doesn't. Well, another billionaire. <laughs> you ask to one of these sons, hey, what did your dad give you? And he can tell you, oh, yeah, my dad gave me an island in the Bahamas or whatever. He gave me, you know, the 20,000 square foot mansion or something. And then, you know, they look at you, what did your dad give you? He gave me the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He gave me salvation, freedom, forgiveness, power. He, he gave me Jesus. See, when you talk about your father, it's important for us, because I think it is important for all of us in life to know our, our papa that you know, he loves us, that he gives us good gifts. As a matter of fact, in Romans 8.32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing that you need that he will not give you. 
As a matter of fact, later on, he's going to say he's the father of lights, which is the father of creation, the father who made light, the father who spoke the stars into existence. He's a rich dad. And, and whatever you need, we've got to understand, he will give. And so much more. He's given us the Bible. And, you know, dads are good for giving guidance. Aren't we supposed to be anyways? You know, we give counsel. We give commands. Our father has given us his word. So many good gifts. That's what it says right here. It says every good gift in James 1, 17 and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. And so the Father of lights is in reference to the fact that he's the creator of heaven's lights and stars. And so just know that he has the resources. And so we see, for example, in Matthew six twenty six, where the Bible says, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You know, and our little kids, our little kids, they don't sweat. They're not wondering. They know. Papa's going to take care of me. Even my daughter nowadays, she's still like that. Hey, Dad, wake up. There's a noise outside. She knows I'll take care of business. I'll get my helper. Last night, you know, she woke me up. Hey, Dad, there's a noise outside the window. And, you know, you're wondering, hey, you just never know because we've actually had, you know, people come in our backyard with bars and stuff. And so you just never know what's going to happen. And so, you know, she I heard a noise. And, you know, your heart's beating a little bit. You know, I get up, go to the side door. I'm a little afraid to look out, to be honest. But then I turn off the light inside. I turn off the light outside. It's a skunk. And he's in there, you know, eating up, uh, I think it was the leftover Chick-fil-A. Just know this, skunks like that. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't matter if it's a moth or, you know, a noise outside or just the other things. I have a feeling it's going to be that way, which it's a good thing. That as a dad, I always want to be there for her. I remember reading a story about a little boy who was frightened by thunder and lightning and he called out one dark night, Daddy, come, I'm scared. Son, the father said, God loves you and he'll take care of you. And the little boy said, I know God loves me, but right now I want somebody who has skin on. <laughs> and it said, you know, the role of the father is to be and to demonstrate God with skin on. And, and ultimately, you guys, we learn from our Father. As fathers here today, He loves us. He gives us good gifts. And, and, and I pray that we would take it in and then we would try our best to walk in those shoes. You know, we read here that, that He's also faithful. Look what it says in verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And right here, when it talks about there's no variation or, or shadow of turning, it's, there's a lot there in that description of God. You know, he's not like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's not like, doesn't have a dark side to him. And, and he's perfect in his love and his power, and he will never change. He will never, like, come in and, and mate and split, like what we see in the animal kingdom. A lot of these animals, you know, they think that being a dad is just like, the, the, the biological part of it. And, and what we find is that God is faithful. 
there's no variation, there's no shadow of turnings. You know, I was reading about some of the creatures in nature, like the, the penguin and the albatross and the red fox and bullfrogs and just these different dads in the animal kingdom that are pretty amazing. They're monogamous, they're committed for life. And then you see some of these dads and they're in and they're out and then they're gone and God's not like that. God's not like that. You know, he will never change. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And I like that right there because basically he's saying I'm gracious. I'm gracious to you. And our God is gracious to us. I'll never change. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as fathers, I will say this, there has to be a faithfulness. There has to be a consistency. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And that was, a lot of commentators believe that the way we frustrate our children as fathers is how sometimes we're inconsistent. And so don't do that. Our Heavenly Father, He's not a changing Father. He will be there for you from beginning to end. His love will never change. You guys have good days. You guys have bad days. doesn't change His love for you. This is who God is. This is who our Father is. We read next in verse 18 that he gave us life. It says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And so, um, you know, this is huge. I, I don't know if you guys remember before you were a Christian. How many of you guys remember before you were a Christian how you were blind to spiritual things? I'm just curious. Do some of you guys remember that? And some of you guys were addicted to drugs or alcohol and you couldn't stop. Uh, we were lost, we were, everything was crumbling and falling apart, and then God came in and God saved us. This is what he's saying right here. You know, God gave us life, life. Think about that. It's a huge thing, it really is. Even, just as a quick side note, you know, kids and their dads and biological fathers, you know, they, they gave life, and I know that's just a physical thing, but it means something, it means something to us. You know, we ask the world, hey, where'd you come from? Who made you? Oh, yeah, I'm a product of evolution. There's a small fraction that believes that, but not many. Most of them would acknowledge, yeah, I have a maker. I have a maker. I, I do believe in God. But most of those people don't live out the logical flow of that. Well, you believe in a maker, right? Because to be honest, that makes more sense. But, but what about, you know, that? Does that mean anything to you? I mean, it gave you life. Shouldn't you seek him? Shouldn't you want to know why did he make you? I mean, that's for us. I know as Christians, we tend to think more logically when it comes to stuff like that. But then we realize that he made us, and not only physically, he gave us life physically, which is pretty amazing to me. It really is. I trip out on the body. I trip out on the eyes and the ears and the taste buds and everything. It's so beautiful. Laughter, love. It's just, man, we are so fearfully and wonderfully made. God is pretty cool. You're the pinnacle of his creation. You're created in the image of God. But then the fact that he made us spiritually, that he gave us life spiritually. And, and so right here it says, of his own will, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And so 
Um, I want to turn to John chapter 1 real quick, and I just want to look at the balance on this. Look what it says in John chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, He, speaking of Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own in reference to the Jews, and his own did not receive him. And so again, we're talking about how he made the world, everything was made by him, but generally speaking, they didn't really care about their creator. He came to his own, the Jews, generally speaking, they didn't receive him. But verse 12 said, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And and I like this verse right here because verse 12, it kind of shows the human responsibility as many as received him. You know, here you're, you're here today and, and you're, you're not saved? You're here today and you have not, you're not a Christian? You're here today and you got one foot in and one foot out? Do you realize that if you die, you'll go to hell? Do you realize that by, by, by waiting on making a decision, you're rejecting God? God who is offering you salvation? It says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And so, you know, there's that beautiful verse that it's up to, in one sense, we have this human responsibility that if we receive, we we get saved. But then the next verse is so fascinating because he says, we weren't born of the the will of the flesh or the will of man, but the will of God. And so, you know, here's the thing I think what James is also trying to kind of emphasize is that you got to understand that salvation is, is a gift of God. You know, salvation is something that, you know, you were chosen by him, that he did. You know, if I could just say it this way, that he gets all the credit, all the glory and that we got to give it to him and just say, Lord, of your own will, I was brought forth. You know, I don't know if I even should go here, but I'm just going to go here for a second because some of you guys know the difference between Calvinism and Arminianism. And Calvinism talks about how no one even had a choice, that God just chose those who are going to heaven. And, and so I will say this, although I don't agree with that, I believe everyone has a chance. I will say this, that the Calvinists, because of that that theological, soteriological perspective, they have a ton of gratitude for God who saved them. And, And that's what I think in many ways we lose sight of what James is trying to say here is of his own will, God saved us. God gave us life. And notice it says back in James that by, by the word of truth, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And the Bible says that we need to be born again of the water and the spirit in John chapter 3, verse 5. And so by the word of truth is in reference to the scriptures, how the word of God, when it's met with the spirit of God, with an open heart, conceives a child of God. That's how we're born. That's how we're born. 
And so all these things are things that God gives to us. Number one, he loves us. Number two, he gives us good gifts. And all these are things to, to meditate on. Number three, he's faithful to us, unchanging. He'll never leave us. Number four, he gave us life. And then we close with that last portion there in verse 18. Notice again what it says. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And real quick, what, what is the responsibility of dads? Like in, in one sense, what, what do we try to do as dads? Okay, so dads, you work, right? That's why you got big biceps, right? You work and you provide for your family. If you don't have a job, please pray. And then go look and you find one and you support your family. And, and, then, and then number two, you know, you protect them. And so if someone tries to hurt them in any way, in any way, you protect them. I mean, we're talking about what are they watching on television? You know, what's going into their little hearts? I mean, I, I even knew one dad who would not allow anyone to see the mail unless he first went through it. I mean, just you protect them. You provide, you protect you guide them, you love them, you do all these things that we're talking about so that one day you can send them out, huh? Okay, Mijo, you go be the man that God made you to be. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Like my kids, you know, my son, he's a pastor's son. A lot of times people will say, well, he has to be a pastor. No, I just want him to be what God wants him to be. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's going to be beautiful. I always tell young people, all you got to do is follow the Lord. And then you'll know what you're supposed to do in life. I like the way he says right here, I gave him life, the first fruits right here, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And the first fruits, and real quick, it, it just is in reference to the cream of the crop, the best of the best. I mean, this is like the first part of the harvest and, um, and not only is it in reference to that which is best, but it's in reference to that, that which would lead the way for others to follow. And ultimately, you know, just as us dads, we want our kids to go out and succeed in life. And, you know, um, I think our Heavenly Father wants the same, not just financially, not just materialistically or physically, but primarily spiritually. May the Lord use my son. May the Lord use my daughter. May the Lord use our children to be the first fruits. What do you mean the first fruits? So that they can lead others to Jesus. That's our heart. I don't know how. No pressure. Hey, you got to be what you know, I want you to be. No. Part of the beauty is you going and, and you discovering what God has for you. That's all I want for my kids. I'm here now as they're older. I'm like a coach. I'm on the sidelines. When they're little, you establish discipline. Then you can teach them, right? But then after a while, they get older, and you have to just coach them from the sidelines. Eventually, hopefully, you become friends. That might take a while. You know what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you go, and like Stephen Curtis Chapman said, you change the world. Wait a minute, aren't these the little hands that used to fit in mine and were afraid of the thunder? You know, wait a minute, isn't this the, the little girl 
that I held so tight in my arms. What's going on? She's all grown up. He's all grown up. And now they have a mission. And so us as parents, we want to see that happen. Most important thing, you guys, for us and for our kids, is that we would know we have a Heavenly Father. And I pray you would know that today. He loves you. He gives you good gifts. And one of the most important gifts of all is the gift of salvation. And so for those of you who are Christians today, take it in. I, I will say honor your, your father. And, um, you know, since my kids are say, here, I'll, I'll say buy them something good or take them somewhere special. Actually, you guys know how I talk to any dad. Just give him a big hug and just tell him I love you. That's all it takes, right? Um, and then... Is it okay to say, let's honor our, our father? You know, I don't know if happy Father's Day is a good, um, you know, but I, I, I will say, um, I want to look up. I want to say thank you, Papa, for taking care of me all my life. You know, the world may look at me and say, you know, well, your, your dad, you know, he was, you know, maybe not there. There was never a moment when my dad wasn't there. Our father has always been there. And our father, our father will bless you as the best dad you could ever imagine if you let him. Just let him. Just come to him like a little kid. You say, okay, Papa. Henry mentioned the Aramaic word for, 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 for God is Abba, right? And that's, that's, that's cool. The Bible says we can say that. Maybe some of you need to say that today. If you're doing good, praise God. You're a strong Christian. But if you're not, you're struggling. Hey, that's why our Father's here. You can say that. Daddy, help.